0: I could smell him. I could hear him breathing. And the sergeant said, Leo, take the point. And I took it down on my belly like a damn snake till I ran right into Charlie. I couldn't see him in the dark, but I tried to tell him, don't do this. Slip away, man. We're both gonna die today. But he shot me. He shot me here in my face. This is Eamon, (laughs) and I'm Keith, and that was hard to follow. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, and welcome to the Highlander Rewatch Podcast, the podcast where we watch every episode of Highlander the series and talk about it. Um, This is episode number four, Uh, depending on where you're watching it, um, Hulu, iTunes, the DVD, it's uh, uh, The Innocent Man, first aired October 24th, 1992, um, directed by Jorge uh, Montesi. Um, who I believe is Chilean hmm. and was like in like some war camp and I don't know he has like some crazy oh story and I think he directed uh, episode two as yeah. well yeah yeah
0: um,
1: and it was written by Dan Gordon and this is also his second episode um, guest stars uh, in this episode are Vincent uh schiavelli um playing leo atkins um he's like a huge character actor he's, he's in everything in,
2: yeah he uh, i i have noted here batman returns another james bond actor he's in tomorrow never dies so that's an interesting highlander bond trend <laughs> yeah going here and he's on a pretty good episode of the x-files huh uh,
1: I, I i remember seeing him he's in like amadeus he's in the, the first scene of amadeus yeah. uh he was in ghost um, oh, wow. And he sadly died in 2005, oh, which I guess is a while ago
0: now. But. Is he Death the Smoochie?
1: Yes, I believe he, he was he, the assassin. He's in Buggy
0: De- Ding Dong.
1: Yeah, Buggy Ding Dong. Wow. <laughs> Death the Smoochie. Um, and then Gary Chalk uh, is uh, Lemoyne. I guess that's how you say his name. And we'll talk a little bit about his credits when we get to him. Um, Someone
2: else I want to mention um, the reporter. The lady reporter. Oh yeah, I don't. Um, I don't remember her name. She is in A Nightmare on Elm Street. Huh. She's the first woman that gets murdered in that. Interesting. And I had her name written down. Yeah, Amanda Wiss. I guess. Okay. Well, she's, she's one of my favorite characters,
1: probably in this yeah. series.
2: She's also in I Better Off Dead. Can't
1: stand this character. <laughs> this is this is one of the most annoying characters in this show. But we're gonna talk about her. Yeah. So anyway, uh, just a quick episode recap. Uh, This is from IMDb. Sensing danger, the immortal Lucas Desiree requests a visit from his old friend Duncan McLeod. Lucas is beheaded just before Duncan arrives, and the murder is pinned on a shell-shocked Vietnam vet. Duncan knows this man to be innocent, and that the other immortal is to blame. To avenge his friend and to prevent an innocent man from going to jail, Duncan sets out to find the real killer. Uh, First off, that episode description is not entirely accurate, because I don't know whenever Lucas summons Duncan to come and visit him because he senses danger
0: yeah that's right at the beginning he summons him well like he well, invited like going him out. to visit yeah. yeah I don't know yeah. about I thought
1: him. he invited him out oh I don't remember any sensing danger I, thing
2: I, I don't remember the danger but maybe he might it might just be a throwaway line yeah like I don't know
1: uh so this episode starts um with a hitchhiking like war vet mm. played by Vincent Scaliavi uh and he's like mentally ill uh he's like PTSD I guess And he gets, like, teased by some, like, teenagers on the well, side of the road.
2: I, I, I have a problem with this episode right away. <laughs> where So he, he's got all these, like, you know, his junk, his cans, and his belongings, and the, the, the teens, like, pull in front of him, and they're like, oh, jump in, jump in. He immediately ditches all his stuff to <laughs> yeah. jump in the car <laughs> with these people. And I'm like, if you're, like, this horny guy, these are all your per- possessions
0: in the world. And he's just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to hang out with these kids. Yep. <laughs> Which then meanwhile Duncan and Tess are coming. And also, mm-hmm. like, this is all it all looks ADR. So like you're Oh, it's all ADR and,
1: and it's all awkward.
0: Yeah, so it like looks so weird, but they're yep. like messing around and not paying attention to the road. Yep. And they keep cutting to the PTSD guy, Boogie Ding Dong. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like pulling a phone out and he's like threatening to call the Department of Transportation oh, right. and all this stuff. And he keeps cutting to them not paying attention. And then to him, like, the whole time I thought they were teasing that they were about to, like, pizza oh, this sure. guy yeah. Oh yeah, road. That's then, a good point, yeah. Yeah, like, no, I was just very surprised. No like, I was like, is Duncan going to get accused of murdering this guy? But he's an immortal, <laughs> yeah. so he doesn't die?
1: And also, just a uh, side note, we just mentioned ADR, which happens frequently on TV and terrible movies and all sorts of stuff. Uh, that's additional dialogue recording. Uh, so that's when they don't get good sound and they have to record it later. Mm. Um so that's what that stands for. Uh, so anyway, they're messing around and they're just playing with like the radio and they can't decide what to put on. It's like really cheesy. It's so bad. And then Duncan ends up putting on what music he wants to listen to, and it's like very stuffy, like classical music <laughs> that is like really not driving music. Like yeah, it's
0: really what you want to listen to when you're cruising in a convertible, <laughs> yeah, going on vacation.
1: Um, but uh, so we cut back to. Uh, Bucky Ding Dong, and he hears like sword fighting in the woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he goes to check it out, um, and he sees like a quickening happen. There's like lightning in the background. Um, so he's he's clearly witnessed an immortal die. Back on Duncan and Tess's side, I guess the car breaks down or yeah, I don't something. Know
2: if the car broke down or if they were
0: just lost. Was the was the hood up? Both yeah, of those point, things are maybe true. I think <laughs> yeah. it was lost, and he wanted to like cool down the car because like uh. you think he goes to the river and pours some water. water. In the thing, so when he oh, okay. does
1: go to the river, the, wiva, the, the river, <laughs> the <wiva>. what happens? <laughs> Duncan needs to get water by the stream and has like a little musical number. He does, oh, the humming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we, we, we have this clip because it's really good. Uh, of Duncan just getting water by the stream, and this is great, this is fantastic. It's <laughs>
0: Can that be
2: the theme song to Highlander? Thank you for reminding me about that. That's vaguely
0: like Yankee Doodle. Yeah, Yeah, it's like Yankee
1: Doodle, and really strange direction for that scene. I don't know. This is
0: weird, right? Because he like senses the quickening. Oh, and he's like physically harmed he by falls it. over right yeah, oh yes yeah. So yeah
1: weird yeah that's a whole new element and also how far away was that like they only sense people when they're close
2: well yet yeah, none of this makes sense like but we haven't seen him witness an immortal's death yet have we no so no. it could be related to that like if another immortal is present when an immortal's killed maybe it's like some overpowering experience i don't, I don't know. know when he realizes Desiree is dead. Just
1: leaves. Like then it just cuts to like them back home, like in in
0: Sea Which why why go all the way back home? Well, he's got Tess with him. Yeah. If he thinks he's gonna have to throw down, why not? I think like, yeah, I think off? that's
1: the implication. But then he brings Richie with him. Yeah, yeah, that part's
2: puzzling. Doesn't make any
1: sense. He's like Rich, like Tess, go home, do lady stuff. <laughs> Richie, get in the car. We're gonna go murder somebody.
2: <laughs> uh Is Duncan McLeod? Using outmoded gender roles, I probably he. I mean, his he has lear- probably he learned those roles.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, back when like people were still bought and sold like cattle. So oh, like,
2: <laughs> <ugh>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like I don't know whether he had to pay a dowry to get Tess. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so Buggy Ding Dong, the
1: war vet. It's it's also awful because it's such a heavy subject because he's suffering yeah. a mental disease. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very sad, very sad. Um, so anyway, he ends up. Uh, investigating this this quickening that he witnesses, mm. goes into a cabin, sees a decapitated body, and, and sword, picks up the sword, yeah. and then is confronted by a sheriff who's yep. like, what did you do? You did this. And, and the so he gets
2: completely alone. Yeah. He's, he's by himself and just walks in.
1: Um, so I guess the implication is, well, the sheriff believes that Buggy Ding Dong <laughs> committed this murder. That's right. Um,
2: so, like, what... What prompt? So Duncan's going back no matter what. Nothing like brings him back out, right?
0: Nothing extra other than
2: knowing that Desiree's dead. And then there's a reporter. Is the reporter coming now? Like she's at the antique shop for some reason. She's talking to Tess. It's so weird because Duncan leaves with Richie. Right. And then Tess goes back inside.
1: Like she says goodbye. And like the reporter is just there. And, like, a customer's there, too. And, like, she's got, I don't know, it's very, I don't know what the timeline is, but it feels like it happened right afterwards. Yeah. And, like, she was just waiting inside.
0: Like, what is she reporting on? Well, she's looking into Sland's murder. Oh. Ah. Right? Like, right. that's what she's doing. And I guess she finds out about another decapitation, mm-hmm. which is Desiree. Right. So that's her. I mean, I think it's fair to say two decapitations in one month is the story. Well, one sure. in seacouver and one in Steveson. <laughs> yeah. um, also, they say Steveson
2: 50 billion times in this episode. <laughs> Steveson, Steveson, Stephenson.
1: The whole reporter angle is interesting, I guess. Like, I feel like, again, this is something held over from the movies. Like, they introduce, like, there's the cop element, like, with mm-hmm. Sergeant Powell. Like, he's investigating what's going on. And that was something that was in, like, the, the movies. Like, the police are, like looking into these murders and then I guess, I don't know. They got bored with that and they were like, Oh, maybe a reporter should be the one to look into it. I guess it's not a bad angle, but I think it bogs down the story. Like it's one yeah. of those things like where I guess they were trying to be like, Oh, well what happens to the body? Somebody finds the bodies. It's like for the purpose of TV, like it doesn't matter. Like I feel like once they abandon this idea, spoiler alert down the road of like having people find these bodies all over the place. And like, I think they get to
0: the sto- more, the core of the story more. Because it really does bog it down, right? Because now you're all of a sudden applying all this logic to this thing that's fundamentally magic. Yeah. And yeah. That's, like, that's like, all right, come on, let's take it's all not the, the fun out of this. The show. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, uh, Tess is pretty short with her. Oh, her name is... Uh, the reporter's name is Randy McFarland. Ooh, and she's boy. a TV reporter. Um, all the dialogue is just... So, uh, Sergeant Powell also goes to Steven, uh, Because he wants to investigate the murder as well. And so... He's talking to the sheriff whose name is, uh, what's the sheriff's name? I, I my notes say Sheriff Bad Guy. Yeah. Sheriff, <laughs> Shoot, I'm forgetting his name. Uh,
0: the sheriff. <laughs> the sheriff. Bad
1: Guy Southern Sheriff. He describes Lucas Desiree's old southern stock to Sergeant Powell. By the way, Sergeant Powell is a black gentleman. Yep. And he's like, his ancestors probably owned your family. Yep. And it's like, (laughs) it's one of the
2: most uncomfortable. (laughs) There are a few very uncomfortable moments in this episode in particular. One of which will come later. Um. Yeah, that was.
0: That's
1: horrifying. It's horrifying. So also this, the sheriff is like super infatuated with like Confederate stuff. Like he's got, he's like painting. Like he's got Confederate paintings. He's doing. In his, like, his room, he's got a like, Confederate sword somewhere. I don't know. It, it's, like, very Southern. He's Southern. A lot of the townspeople are Southern. So yeah. I was like, where is this place? Like, yeah. where Seacouver? And yeah. where
0: is this place? Like, how far did they go? It's on the South Carolina-Vancouver border. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, so I was kind of wondering where geographically they are. Uh, and so when Duncan and Richie are driving back to Steveson, they talk about why Desiree moved there. Lucas Desiree and Duncan says well it's not like now when you can grab your mistress and have a quickie in the woods <laughs> he's like because in these small towns everybody talks and it was like what like what that are they so talking puzzling.
2: about it doesn't make sense also Richie's going on and on and on about how like bumblefucky Steveson is and like they don't have stop signs or like <laughs> yeah traffic lights or this or that when they show Stevenson like i saw a stop sign like oh, yeah. there was one like right there
0: <laughs> so then then we we do get a flashback though that tells us about how Duncan knows Desiree right which like kind of loops in some of this confederate mm-hmm. right stuff so
1: desiree was a confederate officer right and duncan was captured during the civil war
0: for freeing slaves, and, and he's clearly like a Union soldier too, yeah. right? So he fights in the Civil War is now what we know,
1: right? Uh, and I think uh, looking this up, it's 1863 is the according to the Watcher Chronicles, okay. the year we flash back to. And so even though Des- Lucas Desiree is on the Confederate side, I guess we get a little of his character, like he's not
2: a sure. bad, bad
1: guy, like. Sure. The prisoners need water. He makes sure they get it. Uh, He seems to be fairly noble. I don't know. Yeah. Um,
2: One thing about this scene that I want to bring up (laughs) is the use of the N-word. Yep. Like, and I know it's, like... This is the time where, like, this word would be used if no other time. Still made me uncomfortable. Yeah. There was no need
1: need to say it. Yeah. Like, in a Saturday afternoon adventure. Yeah. (laughs)
2: It's like, this is a show (laughs) where it's like immortal people fight with swords under their trench coats. N word. So they're going to hang there. They're getting him ready. And then it cuts. And then I think it goes back to Stevenson.
1: Yeah. So they're interrogating Leo, who's the vet. Buggy Ding Dong.
2: Buggy uh, and there
1: he's like having like flashbacks to Nom. Um mm-hmm. and I mean we we can kind of get into what what his interrogation was like a little
2: bit uh here. Because if it turns out that Sergeant
1: Powell also was in
2: Nom. It kind of seems like they're setting him up to take a ride. Like
0: you're trying my patience, Leo. You talk, but you don't say anything. I'm trying. Tell me again.
2: I don't know nothing I didn't know five minutes
1: ago. He's, he's having, like,
0: flashbacks to Nam. Uh They uh, they think he... W- They're interrogating him in the room with Sheriff Bad Guy's Confederate paintings. Well, yeah. it and, seems like his
2: office and not, like, an interrogation room.
1: Yeah. I guess it's a small town. Yeah. Right. Um. So, turns out, Sergeant Powell doesn't think Leo did it. For some reason. I think because of... I don't know, something. He just gets a vibe or something. That it wasn't him. The whole reason Richie comes on this trip is because, like, Duncan has this plan that Richie is going to pretend to break into his car and get arrested. yeah.
2: So he can talk to... So he gets
1: in jail. So then Duncan can come in and, like, set set the story straight, get him out. But while he's in there, have a few words with Leo and find out what's going on.
0: Right. That's, like, the whole cockeyed scheme where, like... There were much simpler ways. Like, he could have yep. said, like, I'm his brother or his lawyer or <laughs> Or he could have said, I'm a reporter,
2: like the, the cop thought. The guy, the cop basically tells him, oh, why didn't you just say you were a reporter? I would have told you this. Right? Like, he basically <laughs> says that. So, yeah, Leo
1: says it wasn't him. Leo also says when he found the body, it was hacked to pieces. So part of me wondered if that was just colorful language or did he, like, in the interim when the beheading happened, and also in this part of Highlander, like, the police are finding bodies that are decapitated. So, sure. did this sh- When when the, the guy was murdered by an immortal, did that immortal then just start hacking him up into pieces to, like, hide the body? Well, maybe. <laughs> if his whole, I, well, yeah. if his
0: whole plan was that he had to stitch up this kind of bonkers homeless man, like, that makes sense. Because, like, do you think this guy who's, like, undergoing these very tragic, like, PTSD flashbacks is gonna, like, surgically remove someone's head with, like, a razor-sharp sword? Like... Right. You gotta kind of so he could have done that after the fact yeah yeah to play up that like this was somehow done by a mentally ill person right not by a stone cold killer sure
1: so then we're about to get into this great diner scene uh and the and the establishing shot for the diner is of a back of a truck yep (laughs) uh and what does that
2: bumper sticker say it says save the loggers shoot an environmentalist (laughs) there you go um I just want to say, maybe a quarter of this episode takes place
0: in this diner.
2: There's a lot. They of... are in there for so
0: long. And don't... It doesn't really do anything either. Nope. Well, There's... the whole I feel like the whole time they were just trying to establish how, like, kind of backwards this town is. And they spent so much time doing it. It's like... Yeah, you don't they, need it. It was continual. Steveson.
1: Um, and so, like, Richie makes... <laughs> Like a weird deliverance res- reference. He's like, if they start playing like the banjo in here, I'm out of here. Like, <laughs> again, they're going to rape him or something. Yep.
0: Um, I didn't even think of that as a deliverance reference. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but, but oh God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Duncan ends up having like it out with this guy uh, and gives this amazing speech. This dude well, first, hates tourists, hates environmentalists, hates liberals he in hates general. Everything.
0: Everything. And can we talk about the most disgusting thing that happens in this diner? Because Duncan orders an orange juice and, and a Coke. A Coke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: What? Well, that's what I'm... This is going to taste disgusting. Well, I think he's ordering a Coke for himself and an orange juice for Richie. That's how I read it. But
0: what Richie... <laughs> well, like what he's like a little kid. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Richie goes on to order his like own meal. Well, 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 well I guess at this point, off.
1: let's just talk about what Richie orders. Because they play it up for big laughs. Yep. And there's even a cut in the scene. And like, it pays off. <laughs> <laughs> there's a cut. So Richie starts ordering. There's a cut. They cut away to... Uh, What's her name? Angie McDonough
2: No, not Angie. Oh, the reporter? Yeah, Fergie. Uh, Fergie, <laughs> Rudy, or what is it? Par- Randy. Randy, Randy. Par-
1: Uh interviewing Sergeant Powell. And then they cut back to Richie, like he's been ordering for 10 minutes. So I, I put together his whole order uh, here, and it's absolutely ridiculous. And again, this is played for like big laughs and, and really takes up like an, a minute of possible oh, storytelling. Oh,
2: uh, nothing's ever special here. Trying to meet no, I'll try number four. <laughs> number four! <And laughs> it doesn't take your suggestion.
0: Like
1: the cheeseburger, but with processed cheese and processed sweet pickles cheese? on the side. Uh,
0: tomato, lettuce, onion, ketchup, mustard, extra mayo, and not that light stuff. Only the real stuff. If you can only get the light stuff, forget about it. And uh, I would like that well done with the. S- onion rings and french fries on the side you know somebody i might tell
1: you what i'm gonna splurge actually make that a double uh, that's the punchline make it a double oh <laughs> <laughs>
2: ordering a well-done burger no good richie yep. no good
1: ah, that's such a bad scene <laughs> extra meh. Ma- ah, uh that's so played for laughs and it's and it's very funny, funny. it's, it's <laughs> very very funny <laughs>
0: uh. The, uh, and the entire scene before this has been this this logger guy.
2: Yeah, this like tense, like, you know, Michael Moore-esque, like, <laughs> opining on, like, the plight of, like, laborers in yeah. America.
0: Because, like, the spotted owl is crushing their trade. Right, and that the, yeah. But it gets so violent so fast. Like, also, like, they're having lunch and this man's drunk. Right. Um, <laughs> so, like, it's already coming from a dark place and then it just escalates so quickly like he's getting in duncan's face and then duncan says i'm just trying to eat and this guy's response is to try to punch him like the (laughs) provoking line is i'm just trying to eat (laughs) Yep, and that's a. have had it i'm sick of this that's it tourist and then duncan's response when of course like duncan martial arts is his way out of this yeah and responds thusly what do you want tourist just something to eat. But,
1: I'm sorry the mill closed or the well's dried up or the grasshoppers ate your crop or your life isn't what you hoped it would
2: be. But I'm a friend of Lucas Desiree's. We're just here to find out how he died.
1: Awesome. Um. So I want to just take note. So the actor that plays that character, the the like the the, the angry trucker logger guy, Gary Chalk. This dude has the most prolific imdb of maybe anybody on this show uh he was colonel checkoff on stargate sg1 uh, he plays optimus prime in so many transformers incarnations wow uh he is even i think he's uh what's optimal prime optimus er, Pri- optimus primal, primal from, op- from, beast from beast wars, wars. <laughs> uh he's dr robotnik in sonic he's turbo in reboot
0: Wow. This dude
1: has a huge resume. He is has 341 acting credits on IMDB. Is Jesus.
0: he Optimus Prime in the Michael Bay movies? No, that's uh they got the original. The guy. original oh. guy kissed in that wow. one. Michael Cullen or whatever it is.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, all these like small, small character actors are fun seeing in Highlander. Turns out they 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 kinda asked the waitress about Lucas, and she says he like kept himself, he was a nice guy. Uh, she says they never. she never saw the sheriff and Lucas in the same room together. She's like, it's like they were trying to stay, like, not be together. Interesting. And it's like, okay. So I, I was like, this whole time, I'm like, why? why did they even
0: fight? I don't understand, like, the MO of well, this whole thing. Well, they never explain, like, several things about this, right? Because they never explain why they fight. They never mm-hmm. explain this, like, Southern Immortals, like, fascination with Confederate stuff. Like, the thing I thought they, they were going for was like at some point they show Desiree like describing why he fights for the Confederacy. And he's like, you know, you fight you fight alongside like the people you're with, and like everyone's describing like what a gentleman he is. So that's
1: that's in a flashback that's soon to happen. And so
0: he's Duncan
1: gets hung and gets buried and Desiree digs Digs him him out because presumably if he was not dug out, he would lay there for Forever. forever. Yeah.
0: Well, depending on how shallow the grave was, right? Sure. Um,
1: So he does him a service, and he like sets him free, tells him how to get home to the north. Uh, but then they have kind of a philosophical
0: conversation about war and loyalty, and it's it's good. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, and they're explaining why he's fighting for a side that some would consider unsympathetic in this whole thing. So I was waiting for this other the the sheriff Bay guy to represent kind of like the the like a twisted like darker face of this that like he's someone who's like maybe also was there for very wrong reasons. Right. and Maybe he and Desiree have history because yes. of this, because like one of them's trying to be like this gentlemanly representation of this community. And this other guy is maybe just like malevolent and wants to talk about owning people.
1: Right. So I, I had written this down. So I have, a, and we'll see this in coming episodes. The show at this point takes a weird turn, I think in which they are just replicating movie plots And I feel like this is not really supposed to be the episode. I think what you just described, Kyle, is the episode. It's like there's, again, a strong moral core, and that's where the show's the best. And it's like, you know, like, I mean, I don't know. What are wars fought about? Like, is it about loyalty? And, like, also, like, what side you're on over time is kind of an interesting thing. It's like, you know, maybe he fought 150 years ago in the Civil War for the wrong reasons. Do you forgive somebody 150 years later for things they thought? You know what I mean? Like, those are sort of interesting themes the show brings up. And I feel like this episode had at its core, like they could have had right. an interesting, like maybe the sheriff was a northerner and like, he's still fighting that war to him. Like,
2: I mean, there's also a parallel with Buggy being a war veteran. That's that true. Fits in there. too, And like what
1: it does. But I feel like this is just like Rambo and they were yeah. like, he has PTSD and like, that seemed to be like the plot. It's like, oh, he flipped out in the woods and started killing people. That's what this episode's about. And as we get into some other episodes in this season, like the next couple, it's like, oh, this is just that movie plot superimposed on Highlander characters. And Mm. I feel like this was like a second draft of the script that wasn't supposed to be this. That, like, that vet character didn't exist and that there was a much better episode here. Because I think all the flashback stuff is strong. And we also don't even really get to know Desiree. There's no flashbacks with the sheriff. No nope. also did we even mention by the way the Sheriff's Immortal? I don't think we Oh yeah.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sheriff's Immortal. <and> yeah.
0: <laughs> he's, he's the bad guy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, we don't get to know Desiree really. No. Like
0: you don't get to hear anything about what contact they've had since like eighteen sixty three. Sure. Right.
2: Also, like so Desiree and this sheriff basically live in the same town. So I mean, did he kill him just because of the game? But Desiree, this
1: is weird. They say Desiree had lived there for 12 years. And I don't know how long the sheriff had been there.
2: Right. Presumably also,
1: not new. I don't think they ever implied that he's, like, the new sheriff. But it's right. like, they've lived for this long. Like, I don't know where that subplot was. Like, yeah, there was no made motivation for them to kill each other, I didn't think.
2: Here's another question I just had about the immortal Spidey sense. Does that turn off? Or like, is it just constantly like ringing under yeah, under that's under what under I want <laughs> like like if you're like hanging out in the immortals in your town or like when two immortals are hanging out together is it always just like Boo! so maybe like, it's just
1: annoying like, yeah he was just yeah like, he just Fuck
2: got fed train. up and it's like i I can't live like this anymore <laughs> I don't want to move no. sorry dude
0: i I don't think that ends up being it because like then like anytime immortals were fighting, man that'd be distracting. yeah it would. Or maybe that's just how the, that's maybe that's the magical element that forces the game to end. It's like whenever they see each other, they're so irritated that they must kill. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I think think we solved it. Probably. So uh, Leo is cleared, I
1: guess. Or not cleared, but he's going to go back to the city with Sergeant Powell for like a psychiatric evaluation or something. Right. Um, And so the townspeople aren't keen on this. And neither is the sheriff, I guess, because he thinks he's the one that... Or doesn't think, but he wants to blame him. So they kind of organize like a posse. Uh, And so one of the guys in the bar, they get a call. The waitress answers. I thought this was amazing. And she's there to notify this guy whose name she says... Tommy Roddy, it's for you. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Roddy. Tommy uh, Roddy. So he gets a call and then goes out to join. Like <laughs> know
0: Tommy Roddy's name, but not the
1: sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But we we is- also take... I have copious notes on this episode. I think I have six pages of notes, and somehow I've not written down the sheriff's name yet.
2: All you need to know is that he's the sheriff. Yeah. He wears that outfit the whole episode. It's the whole fine. episode. Yep. But... Well, this, this, this mob they get together to, like, try to get Leo, this is also troubling to me. Because they're all wearing, like, white hoods. Yeah. Well, they're almost like, they're almost a little creepier than
0: that. They're, they're like, like, they come, app, up, yeah, they come yeah. out
1: of the vans. Like, so they surround Sergeant Powell's truck. They come out of the vans looking like Elephant Man cosplay characters.
0: Yep. <laughs> so, meanwhile, while this is going on, Richie has met up with the reporter. And they're, like, following using her police scanner
1: and he just gets in the back of her van like he's just like hey like nice van he's like you got a police scanner like let's go follow him and she's like okay get in the back and it's like who are you (laughs) she's never met him
0: (laughs) and duncan also suspects that they might try something so i guess he follows them in his car yeah so like they do like the car broke breaking down kind of thing or not even that there's just like cars in the road yeah so the the sheriff Who's drive the sheriff's officer? Who's driving? He's like, oh, oh, we need to stop, and it's yeah. like real obvious. He's in on it, and then it gets weird because they're like <laughs> trying to st- like they're basically trying to like lynch this guy. Yeah. yeah, essentially is what's happening, and the detective is there to to stop them. Yep. Meanwhile. But, like, the camera is there, too. Like, the reporter is trying to film this. But then Duncan goes around. He starts, like, doing stealth. Yeah, he's, he's, like, taking
2: them down one by
0: one. (laughs) And I'm like, this is broad daylight. Like, everybody can see each other. (laughs) Then, it's like, why did you even bother taking out these guys one-on-one? Because he ultimately solves this conflict (laughs) through yelling. He screams
1: there's the one guy with, like, a rifle, and he just goes right up to him, and he yep. grabs the the the, the uh, shaft of the rifle, puts it in his chest, yep. and he's like, shoot me! And it's just like he scares them off, because he's yep. just a maniac. And they all scatter. Like, They're like,
2: oh, shit. Like, such a wimpy lynch mob. I'm yeah. like, come on, guys.
0: <laughs> Duncan's clearly being a maniac. But then, Man. Is this your idea of justice? Yeah, like, this is such a weird <laughs> plan. Because, like, the cop is there. First off, his hackles have to be up because this is the third time in four episodes basically that you've interacted yeah. with this guy. Yep. So whoa. <laughs> like, you already know this is a problem. And it's always You're, like, oh my cloud, what are you doing here? Eh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, you happen to know another dead guy? Um but, like, what if this had gone wrong, which it almost certainly should have? <laughs> yeah. like, like, he is on this guy's radar. And, like, I think that was, like, a shotgun. So, like, he has it in his chest. Like, if he gets a hole blown in his chest. Oh, what's he going to do? And then it's just, like, he can't go back to the antique shop because this cop's going to go Say look. goodbye, C. Coover. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, like, the cop is going to be there. It's not like he was yeah. alone in the woods. Like,
2: this well, is a also, life-altering like altering there's, there's a news reporter. Yeah, like yeah. to so, like, film it be,
0: your body will be on yeah. film and seen
2: by a cop like, so, like a reporter and a police officer have witnessed you get shot point blank in the chest yeah and then like yeah it's a e- bad even
1: thing. if it's not even if he doesn't get shot he's on national tv for that yeah. like heroic yeah. stunt he pulls
0: yeah. heroic muscle man yeah. <laughs> like scares hicks away by yelling so they all
1: go away and i guess that's kind of the end of that part of the plot and then yeah. Duncan just goes to Lucas yeah. Desiree's cabin yeah. where the sheriff is waiting just because fighting like yep
0: yeah there's no there's no groundwork wait yeah it. there so there's no gauntlet ever thrown down like yeah, and
1: also the sheriff and Duncan have very few interactions yeah uh, like leading up into this point which yeah, is kind of weird other than just I guess the fact that Duncan knows it must have been him yeah so he's gonna come
2: after him what uh, yeah what puts Duncan on and does Duncan get that sense when he meets the sheriff He kind of does. They shoot it weirdly in this episode. I don't think they figured out how to get, like, the buzz down right. It doesn't, like, it doesn't track. Like, it doesn't seem like something's off.
1: This whole episode doesn't track.
2: (laughs) Uh, So they start going
1: at it. And I think it's maybe the first or maybe second time in the series where there's, like, sparks and shit
2: flying yeah. off their swords which is i guess cool i don't know i don't know i'm pretty sure at one point they hit a tree stump and sparks fly right out, out of the tree stump <laughs> and i'm like no
0: it's not sparks don't fly out of trees so i wonder if that's just like a. I wonder if they, if they just can't control it right because like are the sparks physical because like they might have like mag well what they use they like, so i was like, looking they this, like this up do a
2: wire up the sword so, or something yeah right? so
0: they, they use the same
1: trick in the movie because the swords are sparking all the time it's yeah. like a firework show in the movie uh They have a car battery, and they have a wire that goes up, like, their leg down their shirt sleeve and attaches to the sword. So when they hit them together, they spark. However, they can't fight for too long because the swords get really hot, and (laughs) and the actors were getting electrical shocks. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, I guess it's cool, like, just the visual flair. Yeah. Uh, I guess it makes up for, like, a little bit of, like, maybe some clunky choreography. choreography. So they fight a bunch... Well, it ends with Duncan cutting his head off.
0: Yes, spoiler. Yeah. Duncan wins. Duncan yeah. wins. Yeah.
1: Oh, also, it should be noted, like the swords I think are interesting that each immortal uses. Like yeah. in the first episode, Slan has this like big broad sword. Mm-hmm. It's got like shit sticking out yeah, of it. it, it it's like has, real like, angular bat wings almost. Yeah, uh, and it's like it kind of fits the character. Uh, and then we find like Lucas Desiree's sword was like a Confederate sword, uh, but. The sheriff, which I still don't know his stupid name, uh, he has like a broadsword or something. Like, make any and sense. I it's like, we know nothing about this. guy. Yeah. but like he's definitely like make... southern. I get like I don't know. It was just a little weird that he had. I thought a broadsword. Yeah, it was uh,
2: like huge. I, I I don't. Yeah. It was, and I mean
1: Duncan uh... has a katana, not some sort of like Scottish rapier or something. But they explain that eventually, like, and it's kind of cool. Mm. But usually the sword kind of matches the character a little bit, yeah. which is a fun. Kind of part of Highlander. Uh, But yeah, I kind of couldn't figure out what his sword was about. So yeah, they cut his head off. There's a giant quickening, which explodes the cabin. So I'm not sure what was in the cabin that blew up, but the whole cabin blows up. It's awesome. It's
2: pretty epic. epic. But why didn't the cabin explode? Before? At the first quickening. Maybe they were.
0: Well, yeah, they were inside, because the body was inside, unless you move the body. Which, also, then, like, what's the deal with the burying? Does he... So let's... Hold on, we're gonna get to... This that's the very end of the make... episode. Oh, hold okay. on, wait one
1: second. <laughs> so, that's the tag. So at the end of the episode, everyone's back in SeaCouver. Uh Sergeant Powell's just hanging out with Duncan, and he's like, we're, we're taking Leo to, like, a home or something? Oh, we're putting yeah. putting him on a bus somewhere? Yeah. They,
0: they don't know where he's... I don't remember where he's going.
1: Yeah, they just say he's gonna, gonna, gonna put him on a him bus. That. Like, yeah. he's going yeah. just to
0: be someone else's
1: problem, I
2: guess? <laughs> <laughs> um...
1: And Leo comes in, he wants to sell his, like, turn, he has a medal. He's like, do you buy all medals? Like, it's like a purple, purple heart.
2: heart, yeah. Uh,
1: so Duncan's like, oh, maybe I can lend you some money. So Duncan gives him, like, a, a wad of cash. Yep. And then Duncan, like, sneaks the medal back into Leo's
2: oh, pack. A nice little moment. Which
0: is nice. Maybe I'm thinking about this wrong, and, like, medals should be universally viewed as, like, good signs. Right? But, like, his PTSD comes from being shot in the face. Like, the event for which he presumably gets the purple heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he says at some point, the doctor
1: said that a bullet... Like, that's a weird thing, because he has, like, PTSD, but they also were like, the bullet went in your brain and made you, like, ill. Yeah. So it's like, is he sick from PTSD, or is he sick from, like, having a bullet lodged in his head?
0: Yeah. So at first I was saying, like, oh, is this going to be something, like, he needs to leave this war behind, like, he can't carry around this reminder of, like, the horror he went through, he's... Trying to give this up. And that's what I thought as it was ongoing. And then when Duncan gives it back to him, it's like, oh, that's going to be a mentally jarring moment. So
1: he does say when he sells it to him, Leo says, buggy ding dong, to quote the great buggy ding dong, he says, (laughs) no need to hold on to the past uh, more than one day in a man's lifetime. I was like, wait, that's like, why wasn't that the theme of the episode? Like, again, like, this again seems like this is two scripts put together. Like, that stuff seems to track with whatever sort of war story is, like, Civil War stories going on. And I don't, it doesn't match up. Like, that line is, like, the last line practically uttered in the episode. And it's, like, the thesis, it would seem, of a good episode. But no, that's not the theme of this episode at all. That does, is that, that theme is not present ever. Yeah. Uh, No. So then we get the tag. So what's the tag, Kyle? So the tag is, I I guess it's supposed to be Desiree. Well, he's, uh, they he's, say, um, what do they say? Oh, what about Lucas? And Duncan's like, I took care of him? Yeah.
0: That's yeah. what he says. But so, so there's like, he has like a grave and like a sword sticking out of next it. Next to the cabin. Yeah. Next
2: to the
1: exploded cabin. But it's cabin. just like a pile.
0: Like, it's <laughs> not even deep. It's like he just
2: piled dirt on top of like... Desiree's body like but it's on the ground like,
0: but, but like how did he get Desiree's? exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, where did that come from it's like that's it's a, evidence that was in the morgue it's like and how is, is that still in well the,
2: Richie Richie pretended to be <laughs> murdered and <laughs> Duncan so, snuck into the morgue to
0: view the body and, and the sword Desiree which was evidence yeah. also yeah. like it's been days so like that is not a that is a like. Was it still in the cabin? If so, it is ripe.
1: <laughs> well, the first person. And then, where's he, he put he... the sheriff? Like, he clearly had to bury
2: he, Look, may, he maybe bury them together in that he shallow grave. <laughs> Officer of the law, <laughs> yeah. like, shouldn't he be concerned about this? Like, going into hiding.
1: Yeah, it,
0: it does... seemed like he should need to lay low because, yeah. like, all this guy, this guy's only friends are cops. Yep. <laughs> like,
1: oh, okay. Here's a weird thing. Uh, so that that's the episode. The credits roll. It's like yep. picture of the grave with a sword in it. Enter Queen. And then Queen blaring. Uh, so all, like, the nerd shit I looked up was, uh, so I looked at the, the Watcher Chronicles. So, oh, the sheriff's name, now I have it. Because, uh, again, I, it probably is uttered, like, once in the episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's Sheriff Howard Crowley. Crowley. But get this is what doesn't track. This whole episode is, uh, he was born in 1901 in Des Moines, Iowa.
2: Th- what? <laughs> Why is he obsessed with the confederacy? Why does he have
1: a real thick southern accent? Confederacy, I don't understand any of that. He It says he died in Iwo Jima in 1942.
0: Okay. Uh, so wait, he's a 41-year-old man?
1: When he died, initially. I don't know. That, if, that doesn't make any sense. sense. I don't yep. know. They didn't do a good job writing that up.
2: <laughs> they did not. He's just kind of a lackluster villain. Yeah, point. the villain,
1: I think, could have been interesting.
0: Yeah. Like, there's no flashbacks with the villain. Well, I just don't. Oh, they also hadn't found like their their touch for subtlety yet, because it's them surprised that like the least developed villain is also the least over the top. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. He doesn't really have any good dialogue. He's not like except except for that creepy. His family owned your family, one. Yeah, that good was god. <laughs> awful. <laughs> and why 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 is Sard? Why is Powell
2: like so okay with interrogating Leo with this like obviously racist? Like sheriff,
0: I don't know. You think as soon as that line came out, he'd be like, "Okay, I'm yeah. getting jurisdiction on this case or something." Yeah, <laughs> you're out. was Like,
2: eh, all right,
0: this is what I got. I don't know.
1: Overall, not my favorite episode. Again, I feel like the Civil War stuff had a strong. There was something there. Yeah, and I feel like they might they in later episodes they revisit this time period with some different characters, and I think try to do something similar better. Uh, yeah, it's just this episode felt like a real lost like opportunity, I guess for, for a good episode. Yeah. I mean, although I'm sorry,
2: I was just going to talk about Vincent Ciavelli. Yeah. Um, I don't think he was very good in this. I was just going to say, I thought he was kind of great. I don't know. I, I I don't know. I, I I guess he has a lot to do. Yeah. I think he's kind of bad. (laughs) (laughs) I know he's in a lot of stuff, just the way he reads the lines. Yeah. Not to, (laughs) not to speak ill of the dead, but
0: to speak ill of the dead, Displaying a very tragic condition. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm just like I don't know, like some about it seemed like a broad or something.
0: It is a little broad. And I, I guess my, I think it was. I thought he did well, but I didn't think the the writing was quite made sense. Like he yeah. kind of just has these like sort of outbursts that he does pretty well on yeah. like in terms of acting wise, but like the outbursts themselves weren't very compa- like. Very compelling. Yeah. And, like, he begins as almost this weird comic relief character. so no, yeah. then have it, it, like, get so serious so quickly is yeah. a yeah. little bit jarring. Almost a more interesting episode would be,
1: like, on Immortal with, like, PTSD. Like, how do you live through a thousand years of war and death and be, like, emotionally okay? Yeah. Like, that's
0: a good episode. Like, that would have been great. Like, if that bullet through his f- the face was what killed him. For the yeah. first time, yeah. so he's got p t s d from this event, but he also just can't he can't physically move on from it either, like yeah. he always will look exactly the same way he looked when he was you know went through this horror like yeah that, been interesting. that he has like the physical scar of the emotional tragedy, yeah. yeah, yeah, so then like duncan and then like maybe you see him like do even if you wanted to do a Rambo kind of thing like. Maybe he does then something bad, and, like, Duncan needs to figure out what to do, because this is not an evil person. It's right, a, it's a sick sure. person. Yeah,
1: those are compelling episodes. So and then the if...
0: sheriff actually has something to do. He can be, like, the, the Brian Dennehy style. <laughs> See, even copying this Rambo thing, we just wrote a better episode. Yes, we did.
1: Yeah, all right, so I guess
0: that's, that's about it
1: for this episode. Yeah, yeah. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to episode four. Make sure you follow AIM Doc.
2: Yep, Amy B. Doc on Twitter and Instagram. Check out some fun art and some Highlander art there, too.
1: You got to sell this more, man. It's I do. awesome art.
2: Oh, thank you. It's funny. funny. It is very it's funny. It's
1: fucking great. So follow Amy.
2: on that PR.
1: Yeah. And also follow us on Twitter at The Rewatchers. And also make sure to like us on Facebook um, at Highlander Rewatched. And uh, if you have any, like, interact with us, tell us what you think about the show, uh, let us know your comments, add any Extra Highlander knowledge you have, which would be really fun. Uh, Just write us at Highlander Rewatched at gmail.com. Make sure to rate us on iTunes and tell your friends all about us. Um, Oh, follow us on Instagram too. We're at Highlander Rewatched on Instagram. And uh, yeah, these have been your Highlander Rewatchers for episode four The Innocent Man. Keith. Kyle. Amen. All right. See everybody next week. Bye.